Well, hello and welcome to Finding Our Way, our Southridge Church member podcast designed to give people the inside scoop on life in our church. Here's our host and lead pastor, Jeff Lockyer. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of Finding Our Way as we uh, dive into what is kickoff season uh, in our local church's life. And I know for many other ministries, uh, the week after sort of Labor Day or the weekend after Labor Day is kind of that kickoff Sunday it was for us. And uh, eager to, to talk about some of that today with uh, what we call our action pastor, a guy by the name of Nate Dirks. He's been here before. So welcome back, Nate. Thanks. Great to be back. Uh, give us a bit of an update for starters just on how things are going in your world. How was your summer? How's your family doing? What's happening now that kids are back in school? All that stuff. Oh, yeah. I, summer's just so good. It's so hard to complain. You know, we got such great weather. Just having those evenings, we're in North End St. Catharines. And so, you know, just dinner time and, hey, do you guys want to go out to Sunset Beach and being able to do that kind of thing and the camping and various things have just been great. And getting started, it kind of feels like new, definitely feels like a new start for us again now. Malachi, our oldest, is, is in school. My wife, Taryn, got a new job in the summer, and it feels like still kind of new season for her. And she's actually going back to school at the same time, too. And there's all of those things. So it just feels like exciting kind of right now, just leaning into sort of the, the freshness of a, of a new start again. We spent some time in August as a local church focusing on this value of recovery and uh, learning how to care for our our souls care for ourselves in order to bring that, you know, full heart, soul, mind, and strength to God. And, and that as yourself kind of love to, to other people, um, you want to comment on anything that you would have kind of learned or tried this summer that worked to fill your tank up again? Absolutely. I think, I mean, that felt relevant. I think a lot of people in our community felt that. And Taryn and I definitely felt that, that that soul care series just felt like that, yeah, we need this. And not just now, but just how do we actually set this as a baseline in our lives of making sure that we're, you know, with the old cliche of like putting your oxygen mask on first and how do, how do we bring the best of ourselves and care for ourselves? And one of the things I think that, that Taryn and I, that, that kind of helped us with as well was kind of the reminder that in, in relationship, whether this is between Taryn and I or, or as a community, that we need to be helping each other to be the type of people who look out for ourselves. Because I think we often neglect ourselves but if we can help each other to not neglect ourselves and not neglect the kind of care that we need, then that's just, we're actually going to be the healthiest version and we're going to be bringing the best of ourselves to each other. And so Taryn and I have been finding that and trying to say, hey, how do we do that for each other? But how do we actually do that for each other in, the, in our broader community as well? And so we're definitely feeling kind of like the excitement and freshness of that. And it feels like a, we need to be doing this on a daily and weekly basis together. How do we help each other to just live that soul care type of life? Yeah, that's a great, great comment that one of the best gifts that we can give in community is to encourage each other to take care of ourselves. Hmm. Because usually, you know, especially in a, a, a kind of a kingdom minded spirit, you know, if you're living the Jesus way, there, there is an others orientation, a, a, a selflessness to it. And sometimes we can uh, kind of invest or you know, make that investment in each other to kind of rejig our perspectives and make sure that we're bringing full hearts to God and other people first. So absolutely, that's, uh, that's terrific. Yeah. Um, hey, anything else you want to say just about action ministry? We call you the action pastor <laughs> for a reason. It refers to all of our local and global uh, compassion and justice around here, particularly through our anchor causes. What's happening in that world these days? You know, I mean, I've been here for, I've been at, at, around Southridge in this role in the action pastor role for, for five years now, uh, as of this month. And 
like in all honesty, I have never felt kind of more excited for where things are going and where things are at. And it's just a really cool season right now. And I think a lot of that just has to do with sort of like the clarity of who we are as a community, the the level of people kind of jumping back into saying, yes, this is, uh, this is, I want to be a part of this kind of a lifestyle of, of actually serving people and getting to know people in mutual relationships in our communities. And right now, I think the ways that we're just seeing that happening just are, are prevalent across all three of our locations. We've got things coming up uh, kind of in our national anchor cause with becoming good relatives and, and who are still active at land back and, and really present with what's happening there and in um, at the six nations community and what's, what's happening there with our indigenous neighbors and with our Caribbean community, just in Vineland, we've just never seen kind of more energy and excitement around what we're doing and, and who we are together and just seeing people rubbing shoulders and being a part of this Caribbean center. And in Welland, we've got the harvest kitchen that just, it, it feels like we actually are a community of friends and just has just been fostering that and growing even over this course of this summer. And I mean, I mean, I could rant about all of these, but like it, St. Catharines, our community connect kind of uh, move that we've made over the last few years to just foster more intentionality around individual relationships. We just see like on a daily basis, just these incredible stories that are coming out of what it means to be in these mutual relationships. So in all of this, it just feels like there's some momentum that's just really being gained. And I'm just, I'm excited for this season right now. It's been really good. That's great. That's great. And and certainly provides the context for what I want to talk about today, because as you've been building missional momentum, uh, we want to talk about a, a new kind of concept that we've been thinking about and are going to experiment in the coming year that we launched last night at our Vision Night service. So uh, first things first, knowing that we celebrated this Vision Night for the first time in three years, just talk a little bit for listeners, both from Southridge and for other leaders listening, like how did that feel for you? I think for me, I mean, it's hard to, it's hard to be pithy with, with being able to say what that felt like, because it it sort of sounds cliche, but it was just so refreshing. It was just refreshing just to be in a room of people who, you know, you, you get the sense, you know, on our Sunday mornings and into the barbecues and the things we've been doing throughout the summer of sort of that we're a community and that we're, that we're in it together with this unique vision, but being in a, in a, in a gathering, we have people from all three of our locations coming together and everybody's there and just everybody's wanting to, to talk to each other and your conversations almost, you want to go in these deep conversations with any, everybody, but each person that walks by is tapping you on the shoulder and you're tapping other people because there's so many people that you want to talk to and you just sort of see the excitement in all of that. And for me, it just felt just like that we are a community. We have such a, a sense of common purpose and there's so much excitement in that and uh, just the relationships and excitement around all of that just really felt like God was wanting to do something in that room and you could just feel that energy. It was so good. Yeah. For leaders outside of Southridge listening, you know, a couple times a year we'll convene our entire community. So our, our, <clears throat> our one church across all of our locations for an evening event uh, that we either call a spotlight which is entirely a worship night, putting the spotlight back on Jesus, or uh, a vision night where we can talk specifically about some of the nuances and kind of the customized ways that we sense God moving in our community. And last night was a bit of a combination of both. And, you know, it has been three years since we've been able to do this. And this has typically been a very bread and butter kind of way of allowing God by his spirit to breathe life into our core. And I don't know, Nate, if you've sensed that, but what 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 would you have kind of felt God was doing in the room last night? 
one of the things I would have said is even in sort of like this, the, the last few years of COVID where it's sort of, you know, who are we? And I think that there was almost like a distilling of this is who we are as a church. You know, people got to, you can, you can tune in online and hear about what you're actually about. And without being in a room together, you're like, oh, this is what these people are about. I'm going to opt in or I'm going to opt out. Because it's, there's such a sense of clarity, I think, about who we want to be in this missional type church and this vision that God has for us, the people who are in that room, just in a packed room, all wanted to just be there together because of that, because they're all in for that. And I think that God was doing that just being, it was bringing us together to kind of remind us that, you know, the one prayer that Jesus had for us was in in John chapter 17, in this prayer of unity. And it just felt like this unified room of, you know, in this unique part of the, of the body of Christ, we're not the entirety of it, but in this space that, that we get to represent the body of Christ and who we are, everybody's just there for it. We're here for this vision for missional community and being able to just be there and sense that together felt really, um, it felt really powerful. So interesting, isn't it? How, uh, you know, as they say, vision leaks. And, you know, especially when we, when we consider the, the, the talk portion of the evening, like in a lot of ways, there was very little that was new, but a lot of it that was helpful as a refreshment or a reminder. I've heard it described before as a preacher's job is less to instruct and more to it, more to remind. Mm-hmm. And uh, there was there was certainly part of that I, I would sense last night uh, in the room as well. Yeah, I would affirm that 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 felt like a reminder, and that that reminder was galvanizing and exciting for us. Well, let's serve that as the kind of context for the conversation we want to have today, because one of the pieces of the Vision Night message that we talked about was around this concept of what we described as integrated missional gatherings, integrated missional gatherings. So first things first, from your perspective as our action pastor, Nate, what does that phrase mean? Yeah. Well, you know, I think I think to to understand uh, that phrase, I mean, if we understand, like, you know, you talk about kind of uh, reminding what we're all about. For us to understand that, I think we want to talk about the fact that that we want to be a missional community. And that's something that over the years we would have talked about. But I feel like that's a real a baseline about what this means. The idea of missional community. And I think for us, the idea of being a missional community means that, you know, a lot of the times the ways that we build community around ourselves tend to kind of flow from uh, circumstances. You know, if we're, if our kids are in hockey, you know, we're going to be there and our, we're going to kind of build community around that. And that's beautiful, depending on what school our, goes, our kids go to or uh, where, what neighborhood we're living in. You know, there's community that kind of builds up in those ways. But a lot of those are, are they flow pretty easily. And there's something so beautiful in that. But the idea of being a missional community for us would have to do with the fact that we also want to build community that really crosses boundaries and borders and tears down walls in ways that don't naturally happen. We have to be really intentional about it. And I think for ourselves, that missional community looks like building community among people who are experiencing marginalization, who have kind of been pushed to the fringes of of our community, of our society. And because of that, we're not naturally necessarily bumping into each other and just building and and fostering community together. And we're trying to go and, and put in the work to actually say, okay, what does it look like to build a community with people who are who are much different than ourselves, who have had different experiences, and especially people whose experiences have led them to be in kind of vulnerable positions in our community. And so they don't naturally have always community being built around them in those same kind of organic ways. So for us, that's missional community. And for me, the idea of these missional gatherings being integrated means now that we've been building that kind of community together, we've been creating pockets of that here and there. And we've been really, it's prevalent in our in our community across our Vineland and St. Catharines 
and well in locations. But we want to make that even more holistic, more a part of who we are in every sense, that we're integrating the ways that we get together. And when you have pockets of it, those are amazing. We're going to continue to lean into those individual friendships, those kind of unlikely friendships that we talk about. And we're going to lean into the smaller gatherings and all the ways that we hang out. But when we get together in larger ways, when we have a larger summer barbecue or when we have even our Sunday morning gathering, what does it actually look like for that to feel like this entire unique community is actually all together? That this is single people and younger people and old people and families and people who have experienced different things like homelessness and who are coming through the shelter, have been through the shelter and, and all of the different people together. And what does it look like for that to integrate into one type of community? Because we are one, but it doesn't always necessarily feel like that in our gatherings themselves. So this is the chance for us to just integrate those gatherings together. Yeah, I like the way that you started, first of all, by describing missional community as our, our kind of step one number goal, um, knowing that we believe that friendship makes the difference and compassion and justice is far more than just charity. It's not one directional. It's not savior mentality. It's mutual. It's reciprocal. And it's life on life. And so, you know, forming that first things first in individual lives and pairings and friendships and then fostering that in you know even location-wide kind of ways as just missional community has been really your purview in our in our action department for some number of years now what we're wrestling with is how come we can't feel any of that work any of that fruit any of that uniqueness when we gather as large communities on sundays mm. you know if i was to put my spin on it i would say we gather as a church on sundays and regrettably, you could attend a Sunday at Southridge and not have any clue that there is a missional community difference as a part of our church at all. Mm. You show up, you sing your songs, you hear your talk, you greet some people, have a coffee, whatever, and then leave without any of that missional flavor. And so we've been asking, you know, what would it take to bring some of the missional community that's been building into our weekend gatherings as a flavor? And so the missional community would be unmistakably unavoidable uh, and unmistakable in just who we are when we gather as a large group. And so I guess I'm just curious in that goal, like from your perspective, Nate, why haven't we already done that? What's been stopping us from moving in that direction already? You know, I think that, I don't think there's one simple answer to that, but I do think that just in the ways that God kind of is, is probably, not probably, God is the expert at change management. God is the one who wants to lead us through things at a pace and to lead us into the next things in a way that we're going to be able to really track with, in a way that we're going to be able to adopt and, and handle, and in ways that actually do challenge us and push us out of our comfort zones in just the best possible way. And I think that we haven't moved in that direction because there's been some baseline things that God's been putting in place for us as a community that you know, to varying degrees we've succeeded and failed at and tried to, to wrestle with responding to how God's calling us to become that kind of a unique community that that is missional that is in these relationships of mutuality and I think that over the years over these last 15 years I think if if 15 years ago there was just a splash to just say well let's just have these integrated communities well I don't think we would have fully known what to do with that I think that would have freaked us out and I think that being able to sort of over these last number of years build community uh, together in better ways to be able to 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 see a decade of building relationships with migrant farm workers in Vineland and to build relationships of trust and mutuality and friendship where, you know, we've, we visit each other at each other's houses around here in our community and have visited houses out in, 
in the Caribbean, particularly in Jamaica, and like that we have those relationships of trust. And now it feels like there's there, we're ready for for a next move together, and that that's true in our other locations as well with with our friends who've experienced homelessness and our friends uh, experiencing food and housing insecurity as well. And so for us, it's we haven't necessarily moved in this exact direction, but I think that the stage is being has been set for the last number of years. And I think that COVID helped us to clarify some of that. COVID gave us, you know, that, you know, it gives us you a bit of a chance to step back. And now saying, when we're jumping back into who we are, who are we really and who do we want to be? And I think that that's kind of one of those things where in the kind of timing and everything, we hadn't done this before to this degree, but now a few of the things that are happening, the changing of the church, the way that the, the, the big C church has been changing, who we as Southridge have been and, and how we're clarifying that, it just feels like, okay, there's a lot of these pieces that have been placed and I think it's time for this. Yeah, yeah. So give us a bit of a picture of what this would look like in a location, like as a Sunday, and maybe start with Vineland because obviously that's your your home location and the the location that you you as a family participate in the most frequently. What would that look like to integrate our gatherings missionally? Yeah, when we're talking about doing our our, our Sunday mornings, just the fact that we would talk about well, we have our Sunday mornings are our gathering immediately for folks who live in Vineland, there that would ring a bell to be like, oh yeah, I guess that that would make sense that that's a challenge for our friends in the migrant farm worker community because Sunday mornings are often days of work for our friends who are here working for eight months of the year. And those are valuable hours and those are valuable times when the fruit's ready to go and, and you need to be there. And so just the act of, of gathering together on a Sunday morning can be really challenging. And every once in a while, sometimes our friends will have a day off or it'll be a rainy day or it'll be... but it's hard to actually be able to have consistency and it's Sunday morning together. So the idea there would be, well, what would it look like to, to name a good rhythm of potentially moving to some Sunday evenings and being able to say, well, instead of, not even just sort of along with, but instead of a Sunday morning gathering, what if we moved our Sunday morning gathering to a Sunday evening? And what would it look like to all get together in that evening and, and to, to, to be worshiping together, to be able to have a time together and just for our friends where it's after work and it's at a time when they're actually able to be together in the room. And I think for us that that's been part of what uh, that could look like for us in Vineland. So switching the service time, you feel like to a time where everyone can attend it, including our migrant workers, uh, would give us that opportunity to actually integrate this gathering in a way that celebrates and leverages our missional friendships, paint the same picture then in Welland uh, with food insecurity and in St. Catharines uh, with our friends who've experienced homelessness. What would that look like unique in those locations? Totally. And I should probably mention too, and I didn't say this even before talking about Vineland, but one of the things that we want to do is that the, is make sure that these gatherings feel invitational, but are exactly that invitational and not, an obligation. We want to be able to know that like, as we're together as a, as a worshiping community, that for some of our folks, there's kind of different perceptions about what that means to, uh, to be together and to be worshiping God. And we want it just to, to, to be able to, to honor that. And so this isn't something where we want to force it down people's throats. We want to make people have to come out now, or now if you want to be a part of things we're doing, well, you're going to have to, to be there and be a part of a worship service. And so we're trying to do it in such a way that this, this is invitational. And we would feel that in, in Welland, for example, where some of our friends have experienced different, uh, have had different experiences of church, whether in their own background, different traumas, different uh, challenging moments from church or different ways that, that churches have, have approached them. Um, even in terms of some of the, the needs or challenges that they would be 
uh, even actively seeking help for that churches are able to provide, but often in a way where we'd feel like that it kind of comes with a bit of a caveat that, well, if you, if you want this help, you get it, you got to be a part of this, uh, this belief system or this way that we worship. And for a lot of our friends, that's a challenge. So we want to really make it invitational. So in Welland, there's a number of oppor- like options that we're kind of trying to juggle with to try to honor that. And this is why it's sort of up in the air where we've been saying, well, what would it look like actually to potentially in Welland where we eat together and with our friends who have experienced or are experiencing food insecurity? We eat together in these large gatherings on Fridays. And we also make meals together during the week. We call this our harvest kitchen for our meal gatherings, our kind of sit down, you know, set out the, the fine china and the, the tablecloths and have a big meal together in the room. There's our harvest kitchen. And our collective kitchen is sort of during the week when we get together and, we, uh, and then we cook meals together and do more of that. But in our harvest kitchen type gathering where we're actually just in the room together, what would it look like to be able to still eat together and also at the same time invite more of the, uh, the Southridge community who worships together to be a part of that? To recognize that um, Jesus just was, had such a focus on that throughout his life, just loved food, obviously loved a good meal together, and just that became such a key part of relationship and and growing in in love for God and each other. And what if it, we invited people from our Southridge community who worship together to come and join in the Harvest Kitchen meals? And could we do worship before that or after that? And then people who wanted to be a part of that from the Harvest Kitchen community could either come in early and be a part of that as well or stay late and be a part of that and not feel an obligation but still be able to enjoy the meals together. And does that work you know, well on a Sunday morning or does that work on a Sunday night or does that work on a Wednesday night? We've, it feels like there's a lot of variety of options there, but that's why like being able to open this conversation up now so that people can kind of weigh in and people can kind of hear about it feels really important for us. Similarly, in St. Catharines, we've just been talking about the fact that, you know, we're in the same building together. In our St. Catharines location, we have our homeless shelter, a 24-7 homeless shelter that's right in the same building as where we do our worship services and our Sunday gatherings. And in some ways, we have like actually like a significant community of people who've experienced homelessness who, who are around and some folks who come out and are a part of this, the Sunday gatherings and some folks who come straight from the shelter and across but do we, how do we really honor that in ways where it actually feels like we're doing this together? Whether you're experiencing homelessness now or you have, that you're a part of actually this worshiping community. What are the ways that we can make that more visible? Does it look like helping to create more opportunities for our friends experiencing homelessness to be serving in a cafe and serving in, ho- in, in, uh, in first impressions and being in the lobby together? Or, or what does that look like to just really open that up better? And does it look like actually maybe having a meal together as well? So we've been talking about the idea of do we kind of change our, the way that we do the, the service so that we can have a service that then integrates into a lunch together, where it's now not just all of us going back to our separate homes or going back to the shelter for a meal, but all of us just now moving straight out from music and, and learning and teaching together to eating together as a part of that experience too. So I think there's, there's such a variety there that in some ways feels vague, but it feels very specific to how do we eat together better? How do we worship better together? And how can we do that in a way that makes everybody feel welcome and also contributing to, to what that looks like? That's cool. Now, as you're talking about that, you know, I'm sure, especially listeners from Southridge are wondering, you know, that seems so obvious, but seems compelling. Hmm. Again, why haven't we been doing this? I'm wondering, like, other than the scheduling, are there other challenges or roadblocks to us just trying this and experiencing this as a, as a church? Totally. Totally. There's always, there's, there's always challenges that are, uh, that we're facing with all this. I know in some, 
uh, aspects of that that's had to do with, you know, in our in our Vineland community. And we, we would talk about a lot of our friends who um, would come from different kind of even church backgrounds. You know, what does that look like if you're coming from kind of some theological differences or you're coming from different types of worship styles? And so how, how do you actually worship together if, if what worship together mean uh, looks like um, or means looks differently to, to different people? So there's some challenges in terms of like, how would we actually do that really well? And we want to do it well if we're going to be doing this. What does it look like to actually be able to, to invite people um, in ways where, where we have to shift our Sundays, where for a lot of the times we just realize that I think we uh, in our Southridge community, we as, as Westerners and as Christians, we've been so focused on our Sunday morning is the, the time that it happens that can we make that mental jump? And so I know that that's been a challenge for us and we want to be able to sort of, sort of name that and address that and help our community to kind of navigate that together to say, hey, what would it look like if we, if we change this up and if, and if the shape of this was a bit different? And I think some of it is sort of like these, these community differences and some of them are our individual uh, challenges. And for all of us to sort of say, let's, let's kind of manage this together and sort of say, what are our expectations for what it means to actually have a gathering like this? And can I actually kind of rethink that? Can I hold that loosely enough that I can realize that the significant things that God has done in my life through the gathering and is going to be doing, God can do that and wants to even do that in increasing ways as we change that and hold loosely to some of those structures. So I feel like some of that kind of change management for all of us, whether it's folks who have been a part of this or people who haven't and that we want to invite in are some of the big challenges that we want to be able to navigate together. And I think that we feel like we can do that because of, because of the relationships and the ways that we actually uh, are connected in friendship together. You mentioned earlier that you're a parent of young kids. Uh, any kids concerns or you want to talk a little bit about how you would manage things like a kid's ministry in a large group gathering as you're trying to integrate in this way. Totally. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we've got three young boys. And for us, that, that feels really relevant. Even on any nights that we're, we're hanging out together in different contexts, whether um, sharing meals at the shelter or whether in, in our Caribbean community, you're having different dynamics together that we really want to be able to be sensitive to and be super um, aware of families and our kids and having them having a safe and, and helpful and just really uh, like a dynamic experience for them to be kind of to be a part of their childhood and shaping who they are. And I think one of the things that we sort of realize is that there's different dynamics that are at play in each of our locations where we've got um, anytime that you're having adults and kids, you know, in the same kind of space, we really want to be able to make sure that we're being safe for our families and for our kids in that. And we, I think that there's been such a sense of, over the years, uh, especially with our plan to protect um, training, equipping, guidelines, and just the ways that we've been able to implement those, that being able to lean into plan to protect in all of these types of gatherings is going to be really helpful for us. There's a lot of uh, wisdom and experience that we get from that that kind of shows us when, when you're dealing with vulnerable populations, uh, and especially kids, that there are ways that you can actually be able to facilitate programs and events for them that are safe for them and that are a, a healthy environment for them. And that's something that's going to be that, that we're thinking about working on and having conversations about in terms of what that looks like. Even for my boys and, you know, I t when I take them out onto a to Caribbean center night and, and we're hanging out together, it's one of those things where you realize they're going to be in contact with a lot of different adults, dif different people from different backgrounds. And the keeping them safe is, is just massive. And at the same time, in a context where we're doing that and we have a focus on keeping them safe, you also then get to lean into the fact that your kids are here and getting just gaining so much more 
from the diversity of voices that get to be in their lives. When I'm seeing my boys going out there and playing with um, some of our friends from uh, two weeks ago, we were at the Caribbean Center and they're just playing tag in the hallways and then playing dominoes and just like with a few of my friends from, from Dominica. And it was just absolutely just something that they loved throughout the week. And you could just sort of see how they're kind of learning and it's making them ask questions about their faith and about culture and about God. And within that, setting that kind of safe environment for them created that opportunity. And that's something I just, I'm, I'm excited for that for my family and for the rest of the families in our church. Uh, Nate, talk to me. I know last week uh, we did a, like a soul care picnic kind of experience. And uh, you got to experience a little bit of this in Vineland where we actually moved the service time to 6 p.m. Based on an experience like that, can you just, as we wrap up, like talk about, talk about what the win looks like? You know, a year from now, what do you hope to be raising a glass to? Yeah. I, yeah. I think that a win in terms of our gatherings together, in terms of integrating missional gatherings like we're talking about here, is being able to see the different parts of our community where we see just really great pockets of friendship and diverse community and mutuality happening, where we're able to see that happening already, that a year from now, we want to be able to see those happening in a scale where everybody gets to experience that in our community, where the large gatherings that feel so, uh, that just feel so life-giving for us, that feel so, um, that just feel like such a big part of what God calls us to in terms of spurring us onward and, and teaching us about what God wants for us, that we would actually be able to experience diversity in those moments, that there'd be uh, a cross-section of our entire community happening in those large gatherings. And that from that diversity that you know that's together in that room, that we just sort of have a sense that actually there's diverse people here who are actually able to feel welcome. That the, the ways that we build the community in these other smaller ways and in smaller pockets, and, and that we would actually sort of have a sense that because we've been able to, to lean into that, then now in our gatherings, that welcome is present. That it doesn't, you don't feel like a stranger no matter where you're coming from in this. And that because of that, the diversity would lean into uh, a learning. That we'd actually be in a community that we're actually learning from each other. And I think that in that kind of a scale where we would be able to be in the large room together, that we'd be shaping kind of how we do these types of gathering, these gatherings together, that we would actually learn from each other what God has, the image of Christ in each other uh, would come out in really clear ways. We would shape the ways that we worship, shape the ways that we hang out and the ways that we, that we teach each other. And so we'd hope that that would, lean, would turn into kind of learning. And kind of from that learning, my hope is that it would actually turn into just this, this sense of whether it's whether you want to call it community or whether you want to call it just love or wh- whatever you'd want to call it, that we would actually grow in kind of closeness with each other, that because of like the group gathering together, that we would see a sense of closeness between these different parts uh, of the body of Christ that are all together in the same room, that we, we'd see that diversity turn to learning, turn into community, and that a year from now we'd be like, wow, we, we're, we're in this. This isn't just something that our community does that we appreciate, but this is something about who our community is, and it's inescapable. And this is when you're at Southridge, you're a part of this diverse missional community together, uh, even in these gatherings. That's fantastic, Nate. And I, I really appreciate your role in uh, kind of moving us in that direction. I know it would be so easy as the action pastor to just run community outreach, foster friendship that makes a difference as an independent department. But you know, as much as you're trying to grow that aspect of a way of life in people, 
you're kind of not satisfied with that. You want to you want it to become far more holistic in who we are and far more inescapable for people who are newer to our church. And I, mm. I've just been inspired by uh, your insistence that we continue to move in that direction. And I hope that uh, both the leaders listening from other churches who are considering community outreach and becoming more missional in their contexts, uh, and our Southridge members are are inspired by your enthusiasm and your heart in this conversation. So really appreciate you being here today. Absolutely. So good to be together. I'm excited that we're having this conversation just for the ways that you've led us into this as well, Jeff. Thanks so much for all of it. Awesome. And to all of you who've tracked with us again this week, uh, appreciate you joining us. We'll see you in seven days time as we continue finding our way together. Take care, everybody. Take care, everybody.